since book reviews kill took a little bit of a break i want to make sure that no patreon subscribers got skipped over so i'm going to thank the last five patreon subscribers so thank you so much kd kate tyler hart jessica calloway and austin tombs you are the fluffer to our nutter <laughs> it's peanut butter and marshmallow cream just wasn't expecting it I was over <laughs> yeah. here gathering my notes sorry <laughs> The Patreon helps keep the podcast alive and allows you access to exclusive full-length episodes, deleted scenes, videos, monthly giveaways, an exclusive book club, written reviews, and your very own Discord channel and role. Please click on the link in the description for this episode to show your support. Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Jad. And I'm Evan. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, the 2023 Hugo Award winners have been announced and they are as follows in their respective categories. I'm just going to read all these off for everybody. Uh, so for best novel, we have Nettle in Bone by T. Kingfisher, which I was like, I haven't read it. I was a little surprised. I was like, oh, OK, because I think that uh, I mean, I wanted Legends and Lattes to win because but I think Nettle in Bone. Uh, I haven't read it yet, but I've heard it's really cool. But I had a bias. That's Ursula. That's, Vernon, right? Uh, T. Kingfisher is Ursula Vernon, I believe. Yeah, I think it's a. Pendant. Oh, got it. Okay, okay. It's confusing. T. Kingfisher actually has uh, some really awesome horror stuff, and if you're into horror, you should definitely check out some T. Kingfisher. I've read uh, one of her books, The Twisted Ones, I think was the title, and it was nice and forest horror or foho, as Chad likes to put it. <laughs> yes. Uh, so then we have best novella. Wait, 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 so I get it. Just so I don't have it twisted here, and no one sure. else does. Ursula Vernon is a real name, and she writes horror novels under T. Kingfisher. I believe so. Okay, cool. Okay, so then we have Best Novella, which is Where the Drowned Girls Go by Shauna McGuire. I have not read that either, um, so I'm sure it's cool. Neither have I. I thought, I thought Nettle and Bone was also a novella. That's weird. I, I'm pretty, nah, we're not going to. That's semantics. Whatever. <laughs> okay, so then Best Novelette was The Space Time Painter by Hai Ya from Galaxy's Edge. Best Short Story was Rabbit Test by Samantha Mills. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool to read. The best short story Hugo winner for the podcast. We should actually. do that for I'll, sure. I'll, I'll make a note of this. Rabbit Test by Samantha Mills. Okay. Rabbit that was from Uncanny it. Magazine. Uh, I have looked at Uncanny Magazine, and it is pretty cool, by the way. Uh, best series was the Children of Time series by Adrian Tchaikovsky from Pan McMillan. Uh, wow. Yeah, that was up, up against some pretty heavy competition. It was up against the Founders Trilogy by Robert Jackson Bennett, the Locked Home series by Tamsin Moore, uh, Rivers of London by Ben Aronovich, and Skolomance by Naomi Novik. So there was some Ooh. really stiff competition for Children of Time. I have not read any of these other uh, competitors. I've heard they're amazing, uh, specifically uh locked tome skullamance and the founders trilogy i've heard are we reading skullamance we are reading skullamance really soon yeah uh, cool. we are reading the founders trilogy next year actually the robert jackson bennett stuff um but children of time i've only read the first book i've got the other two here but man that was a knockout sci-fi book like adrian tchaikovsky if those other two books are even two-thirds as good as children of time the first book in the series was then it deserves the win because it really is some very standout stuff um, and then here we go. We've got best graphic story or comic was Cyberpunk 2077 Big City Dreams by Bartsaz Zistbor and Felipe Andrade. Alessio, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. These are Polish names and they're kind of so hard. My, they're so difficult. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Polish people that are listening. I'm doing my very, very best. <laughs> but I want to give these people credit. So Alessio Fiorianello, Roman Titov, Christoph. Ostrowski, 
uh, you wrote a really awesome thing from Dark Horse Books. Thank you very much for that. Those Polish names are very, very difficult to pronounce. Yeah, are difficult. I just learned how to pronounce Andrzej Szepkowski, and I was reading it and pronouncing it wrong for years. Best related work, we have Terry Pratchett, A Life with Footnotes by Rob Wilkins. Uh, I think that's, I don't know what that is, actually. I think that's like a, that must be like a nonfiction book about Terry Pratchett. Oh, uh, yeah, it's a biography. Yeah, yeah so, totally. That's cool. I actually, I had never heard of that, but I really want to buy that now because I'd be, I've listened to a lot of interviews with Sir Terry. Um, and then we have best dramatic. Forget he's knighted. I, I I like calling him Sir Terry, not Sir Terry Pratchett, like Sir Terry. Sir Terry, yeah, it requires a level of, like formality with the Sir and then intimacy with just the Terry. It's nice. <laughs> uh, then we have best dramatic presentation, long form, where's uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Screenplay by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Daniel Scheinert. Uh, yeah, that movie was awesome. It was really really. Did you see it? I did not watch it, no, but I was told to watch it probably by you a while back, and I'm just now remembering that I wanted to. Yeah, it's wacky and heartfelt and looks like it was filmed, uh, parts of it looked like it was filmed in like someone's garage, uh, and it's just an awesome, awesome movie. But it's like, it's like heavy hitting too, you know, there's like a lot in there. It's, it's just, it's packed. It's a, it's a really great movie. Yeah, there was like two week period where like five people recommended it to me and I was like, oh man, I really want to watch that and then promptly forgot. Then we have best dramatic presentation short form was The Expanse Babylon's Ashes, which I believe is the last episode of the sixth season. And that is written wow. by Daniel Abraham, Ty Frank, uh, Naren Shankar, directed by Breck Eisner. So, yeah, it's funny because I watched the first like two and a half seasons of The Expanse. I haven't gone back to it. The reason that I stopped watching it was because Chad and I were like, we were on like the seventh or eighth book or something. And I was like, Effie started watching it and she fell in love with it like immediately because it is a really good show. And, and good. I was and I was watching it, too. And I was like, damn, this is great. Um, there were a couple of things about it where I was just like, they changed that whole thing. Right. I think it's better to watch a few months after you finish. So you get the nostalgia, not the, the changes are so apparent, you know, while I was watching it, like I would kind of like go back to the book and yeah. there were so many like names and uh, just plot lines like kind of in my head. It's very weird to like be reading the series when you're like seven books ahead and be watching the show when you're on basically what would be the second book. And you're kind of like revisiting the second book, but they've also tweaked a little bit of it. There's like a lot more Eva Sarala than so much Eva Sarala. Like she's not even in the first book, is she? No, but no. And she's no, super she, in the first to season. To be fair, like she's such an awesome character that it makes or she sense. Should that be. They, yeah, that makes sense. And they kill the Miller character. And when I was reading the books, I would see his face and his little fedora in my head, you know, whereas I wouldn't really do that with any of the other characters. Um, okay, so I'm just going to read these off pretty quickly. We've got Best Editor, short form was Neil Clark. Best Editor, long form, Lindsay Hall. Best Professional Artist, Enze Zhao. Best Semi-Pro Zine was Uncanny Magazine. Best Fan Zine, Zero Gravity Newspaper. Best Fan Cast was Hugo Girl. Best Fan Writer, Chris M. Barkley. Best Fan Artist, Richard Mann. Lodestar Award for Best Young Adult Book was Akata Woman by Nnedi Okorafor. That's awesome. I think that's the third book in that um, kind of young adult book that, uh, trilogy that Nnedi Okorafor was writing. I have the first two off. over here. Astounding Award for Best New Writer went to Travis Baldry. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Big Heart Award went to Bobby Ambruster. So those are the Hugo Awards for 2023. Pretty cool. I haven't read like a ton of the stuff that was on there. So it's hard for me to be like, I totally agree with all of this. But um, from what I've heard from different people that have read a lot of this work, like a lot of this is it deserves it. Right. Like at least the selection, whether or not I agree with their choice, I don't know. But like their selection seems right from the yeah. milieu that I've heard the, the stirring of the pot that those titles have caused. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I don't want to drag down the the episode too much more, but like, if you are interested in seeing like who was nominated for all of that stuff, it's up. It's still up on the Hugo Awards like website. Some of the, those nominees, like Chad and I, read some of that stuff, and they absolutely deserve to, in my <laughs> yeah. opinion, win some of that stuff because like some really some banger books were written. But yeah, that is the news. Uh, Chad, tell me about your week. Thank you uh, for doing such an awesome episode last week, by the way. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah, of course. No problem. No problem. How's hanging with your family? Oh, uh, well, we can talk about that after your week. Let's, okay. I want to hear about okay. your week. Stop trying to get me to talk. I know. I know. I'm, I got a bunch of thickens that everyone knows what I've been working on since I got to talk oh, last yeah. week. So I'll make it short anyway. Cool. Uh, first off, I want to give a shout out to my mother. She has her first um, dose of chemo on Tuesday. And so she'll be listening to this probably like the, either the day before or the day of probably. So, mom, love you. I love you too, mom. Killing it. All the BRK book readers think you're strong and you got this on lockdown. You absolutely do. My mom always listens to the episodes and about once every six months or so, she'll sit down with me and we'll go through all of the descriptions that I write for the episodes and she'll review and make sure that my commas are in the right spot because I have some really complicated sentences that I am sure are <laughs> absolutely wildly incorrect as far as the punctuation that I use. So she helps. Uh, Jody, I know that when people say thoughts and prayers, it can seem a little bit robotic, but sincerely, thoughts and prayers are with you. Oh, uh, thanks, Evan. Yeah. That'll mean a lot to my mom. Okay, so I finished Ruin, the for the third one in Faithful and Fallen. Oh, you did? Wow, man, you really read that way faster than me. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, what, do you, what do you think? It's, so, it's such a complicated story. I feel like the more time... I spend not with it, the more I'll suffer for it. Yeah, yeah banging that's my out advice is the way to, to anybody go. reading Faithful in the Fall. And it's like, don't do what me and Chad sprint. Do. Just read all of it. And like, if you have like a series of long plane rides, <laughs> yeah, you know yes, I mean? yes. Like, really just sit there and put on some like fantasy atmosphere music and go to town. Right. And they're never boring enough that you're like, okay, I'm like 200 pages without a fight scene. I got to take a break. It's like, no. that won't happen ever. It's like, like, you will never have that. pages without a fight scene. And now that we're in this third book, it's very clear to me that this is not his debut piece of writing. Like, he's improving as a writer quite a bit. His, oh, you mean like his third book is... I see what you're saying. Sorry. Yeah, like it's his debut series, yeah, but it's yeah. his third book that he's written totally. and published, you know? And I can tell that he's not first book good. Like, he's he's increased. Unfortunately, we have, in my humble opinion, as not an author here, but as my humble opinion as a book reviewer, some of the errors that were made uh, in the first book can no can't be corrected because of the nature of the story it is. Like, you can't just, like, kill off tons of characters and combine them or anything so like he is stuck with some of the consequences of the decisions that he made in his first books but the writing itself like the actual like sentence to sentence structure of it flows a little better i think he's getting better at like pacing his timing so you're not like starting a fight walking to the fight you're starting to fight more at the fight which is really mm -hmm. nice yeah that was one of my criticisms i think was like chapters starting a little too early and ending a little too late I think and there well. is still some of that yeah for sure like a lot of that but like not as much it's such a weird critique to make too because it's just like i don't know that's where the guy wanted to start is like he felt it was important like who am i you know yeah yeah but i mean you <laughs> like, can also like pick it apart objectively and say like totally. what does this little bit serve yeah you right. know, you can... and it's fun to do for sure and that's what we do in our uh, episodes about it everybody if you're interested in reading those and listening to them we'll have an episode out for it as soon as i finish Totally. And emails have been sent off to uh, John Gwynn to try to get Ooh. him on because yes. I really want him. We know you're listening, John. So please um, yes, John, respond please to me on. and um, come and on. Because, uh, you know, as though we were a little bit mean about the second book, I feel like you're pulling up in the third. So we want you on. We want to talk about it. And uh, I want to hear your battlegasms from your perspective, Mr. Gwynn. 
like yeah i mean i've been a little uh critical about it but also like they're, they're really cool books you guys like yeah. I mean, if you're looking for something that's going to entertain the hell out of you like don't miss faithful in the fallen at all and and honestly uh from what i've heard and read on reddit and like seen with different discourse on tiktok and instagram and stuff about john gwynn apparently his newest series uh, i think it's called oh God, i can't remember the names of stuff what's the newest series called it's got the dragons on there right shadow of the gods hunger of the gods bloodsworn yeah yeah, is it Bloodsworn? I think that's what it's called. Apparently, that series is just like far and away better than Faithful in the Fallen, and Faithful in the Fallen's already pretty cool. So we'll be reading more John Gwynn on the podcast at some point. Yeah, like a blood and ballin, a blood and bone, and <laughs> a then Bloodsworn. Blood and yeah, a blood and ballin. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool that you're about finished with that, man. That's a really big book, and you read it really fast. That's awesome. It's a big book, but man, I, I really do think that it's getting better. You know, like there's some conflict issues that we discussed in this last book. We even made some predictions about that. I kind of a thought were going to be more like fourth book Ooh. stuff and they happen in this book. So Whoa. I like that the story is moving forward in ways that I didn't expect it to, which is always fun when that and happens. And there's a whole nother book too. So yeah. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Cool. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. So there's some, there's some surprises, like things that happen really soon that you're like, Oh wow. Okay. You're like right at the beginning. Nice. And on top of that, I am uh, almost done with the name of the wind. Oh, your reread. Oh yeah, I'm rereading. Oh yeah, I talked about that pretty pretty lengthy yeah. last week, but you weren't here, so we're gonna um, we're gonna do a whole episode on it. I think. Damn straight, we are. I am <laughs> looking forward to it. We're gonna yeah. be mean. We're gonna be loving. It's gonna be the most like self hating episode because I love it so much, but I also like love picking it apart. You know, so it's like it's gonna be a really fun one. Yeah, I mean, like uh, I think it's such an old book, and I mean not old, old, but like it was released so long, almost twenty years ago, right? And so I feel like. It's kind of it's it's so big, like it's such a gigantic story that uh, it, that everybody's read it. It's it's almost like in my mind, it's like Harry Potter, like Game of Thrones level, like yeah. saturation into book culture. I don't feel like I'm punching down on Name of the Wind. You know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> like, I feel like I just gotta like tear it to shreds, and it's yeah, because you know sad. how much you love it. Yeah, and it's still like it's such a feat of storytelling. Like honestly, like I really do think I don't know. We have we have we have things to say. We have things to say. And I am and here's still what making I'll say. a... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Go down. Go for it. I, I am still making a TikTok video about Name of the Wind. Don't you fret, everybody. I just took a break over the last couple of weeks of making content uh, really at all. Uh, and it's been it's been cool to take a break from it. And um, But I, I've got like a whole list of stuff I'm going to be making soon. So don't worry. Name of the Wind video is coming. I tried making it like a, like a week ago. And the captions, I, I was like reading off a teleprompter because I had so much to say about my reread of it. And it, it will, the reason I stopped making it is because I couldn't figure out how to get it. So it, it didn't look like I was looking at something else. Oh, and okay. It looked weird, like to me. Hmm. And I'm really like hyper specific with how I want everything to look in my videos. And um, so I was working on it for like two hours and then I just got frustrated and stopped working on it. And then I went out of town. So, uh, <laughs> you will get it. I promise. And the, and the podcast episode. Yes. And the, which I'm really excited for. Okay. So the one thing that I will like give an opinion on here without like opening up the hugest can of worms ever, because you haven't read it. I don't think so. It won't be doing that, but I probably would have finished name of the wind if I wouldn't have stopped because I've read it eight, nine times by now. Yeah. And uh, but it's been two years. But the thing that I've only read once was The Slow Regard of Silent Things. And so I'm about like three-fourths of the way through Name of the Wind, and we get to some Ari stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm going to like stop here, and I'm going to reread oh. The Slow Regard of Silent Things, because I've only read it once, and it was all yeah. on one flight. And my opinion has gotten 0% better 
than what I had in my mind. Really? One of our very lovely listeners sent it to me and uh, I want to read it. I just, I keep forgetting that I have oh, it. Dude, it'll take you like an hour and a half. Yeah. It's very short. It's just, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't add, okay. Is it just like not like, about anything? Like No, it's, it's, a, it's him basically flexing his whimsical, flimsy, flamsy, playful style of writing, which is like, like Moonlight dancing and stuff which is great he's really good at that but like it's the whole book of that and where he has a lot of opportunities to talk about like in his own words this character is broken Mm -hmm. so we could have a story about her becoming unbroken or at least very the very least like shine some light on her origin story why is she broken why is she the way that she is um move that or what does her being broken really mean like is that yeah yeah like is is she actually you know what i mean we don't really know yeah you get like there's literally an eight page moonlight drama of her making soap like it's eight pages of just like her making soap and moonlight and like it's like oh my gosh <laughs> like yeah I need again that's it. fine right over here. if it moves the story forward or even like gives me some more like understanding of the world but it's just like like i said it seems like he's just kind of flexing his like whimsical writing hmm. muscle which is fine but it, it just seems a little like inauthentic maybe I don't know. I'll give it a shot. You should. I might try to read it before the end of the year, actually, because I am going cozy this fall. Is it cozy? It's cozy. It's ah, cozy. It's right. very cozy. Okay. It's all cozy. All right. Maybe I'll give it. A, I'll give it a whirl. Yeah. It's nothing but cozy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's 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 a lot of cozy. So. But, <laughs> I think I like cozy more than you, so I think so too. But if you have it, you should read it before we do the name of the wind episode because I would love right, to hear your opinion yeah, on it. I'll, It'll I'll take you that. like an hour. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, um, I'm also reading He Who Fights with Monsters because I have them all just on my shelf and they're physical, and I just can't stop like reading them. I just oh, they're so good. <laughs> they're so good, man. I love uh, this. I will say that the story has taken it's taken a lot of different turns over its journey so far, but it's taken a pretty drastic one in this one, and I like it. A lot, though it has yet, I'm not far enough in it to like it manifest itself in like a really cool way. So it's like, seems kind of lame initially. So I'm okay. really interested to see where he goes with this turn in the story. I because mean, you got to feel like you're in pretty good hands at this point, right? Like, I, oh, like, I totally do. Yeah. Okay. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I like he has not let me down thus far. Yeah. So like anytime he's taken like a perceptively lamer turn in the story, it always gets way cooler. And so, but that, you know, it just happened. So I'm like, what? um so you know i'm sure next week i'll be like and it was so cool (laughs) but uh it definitely if you get tired of him just like going out and fighting monsters this the book series does change a lot as it grows from book to book to book so it's not just eight books of him just fighting monsters i mean it is he who fights with monsters so i mean granted there's a lot of monsters i would would imagine right (laughs) so much (laughs) and it's just very clever i would say more than anything it's a very clever bit of writing and then as we're going to be redoing the Iron Gold episode this week, I like reread the last like 40, 50 pages of because I finished it like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, my bad. And it's it's good. I, let's just say this without opening up another can of worms because we are will do that, I'm sure. But it is uh, it is not the first three. <laughs> yeah, we can transition into my week if, if you're finished up. I have there. one more thing oh, that okay, I want to cool. say. I was going to start talking about Iron Gold, but like, go ahead. No, no, okay. No. I okay. Well, I'll make this short. Sure. I, and I think I might even mention this last week, which is going to make it short. I watched again this week um, across the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that on the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I watched yeah. it again. Oh, you watched it again. Because <laughs> I wanted to show yeah. a friend and I yeah. thought it is. I think it's yeah, I the prettiest it. movie I've ever seen. I need to watch it. I just I just rewatched um, Into the Spider-Verse. So I, I want to rewatch that, too, because I only seen it once. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Obviously, it's, like, there's this scene where he's like 
she's like i mean it's pretty heavy like it's it comes out the gate swinging with like heavy emotional content and like there's this like hugging scene where everything's like dark they play with colors and 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 how the colors reflect the uh feelings and emotions of the characters Mm -hmm. that's happening in like the background of the images and stuff and i have a scene where another character like rushes over and hugs the other character and it's like this dark drab environment and the second they hug this like lavender like really pretty color color. like (laughs) blooms from them and it's just such a cool representation of like what love can do to a room you know and like between people and it's just man it's a really beautiful beautiful movie and i'm behind all of its messages and if you're looking for something just like that'll blow your mind as far as just wildly fun to watch and interesting and it's about spider-man so it's like not boring at all um go watch across the spider-verse hell yeah that's awesome yeah okay take her away oh um okay so yeah i I, as everybody knows i was out of town this last weekend uh if you don't know what i was doing so my my dad uh puts on a golf tournament with a lot of his friends uh every year they've been doing it for like 30 years i think there's been a couple little hiccups where they haven't done it but they've been doing it very consistently for a long time uh for a lot of my life i was too young to go and then for quite a bit more of my life i was too poor to go and this time around i was both old enough and uh within my means enough to at least buy myself a plane ticket to go down and hang out with everybody did your brother uh, go with you yes he did uh cool yeah and I played golf with my dad and uh, I played two rounds of 18 holes of golf well, on Friday and then, uh, excuse me, I played one round 18 holes on Friday and then I played another round 18 holes on Saturday. I thought you were going to say you did no, two in one no, day. I was nobody like, that's does a wild that. day. <laughs> I, I forgot how exhausting that game is. Wow. Because like, I used to play it a lot when I was a kid, like because um, my family worked for a resort in Sun River, Oregon, and I got to play golf for free. And Sun River was like... 20 minutes away from bend which is where chad lives right now where i went to high school and stuff but i didn't i couldn't gas was expensive i couldn't get out of sun river there very often so i would just go alone to a golf course and just go play golf and they have like famous golf course there it's like oh, it, designed it's a, by yeah. david mcclay kid like very high name in the golf i did world. not know how how privileged of an experience it was to play golf on these courses until i went and played golf on some other courses because they're like some of the nicest courses in the world but um I got okay at it. Like I got some free lessons from like some pros and stuff. Just played enough that I was pretty decent at it. When I went down this last time uh, to go play with everybody, I shot a 105 on the wow. first day, which is, dude, I mean, like, that's pretty like, good. Like below triple digits golf. is pretty solid, but for not playing for like years and shooting a 105 without even like hitting any balls or any, I was like pretty proud of myself. Uh, but I, but I shot like a 110 the next day. Um, but still, like 105 is, Decent. I think when I was playing a lot, I was shooting in like the low 90s, which is pretty pretty awesome. That's um, pretty dang good. Yeah, but I, I mean, but this time also, um, because it was like a tournament kind of thing, where uh, you had to like, you know, there was no gimmies, there were no mulligans, there was no like you could like you have to count all of your out of bounds and all of your drops and stuff. And so typically when people play golf, like just kind of casually, they'll, they'll kind of be like, if they put it and it got like pretty close, but it didn't go in, they'll just kind of like, you know, like it went in, you know, uh, and they'll just take the score. Um, but I know that a lot of people aren't super interested in golf. And like, frankly, I'm not like really super interested in it either. It is a pretty fun game because, you know, aside from it being like a total drain on resources and land, <laughs> which it really, really is the most premium land 
in the world for taking this ball and putting it in that hole that's like 100 yards. There's, I'm not trying to get on a soapbox right now, but there shouldn't be as many golf courses as there are. It's so funny. Like, there's a lot of them. But anyway, when you're playing golf, the, what, the cool thing about it is that you're the, the more relaxed you are, the better you are when you're playing it. Like, the whole point of the game is to relax. So that is a really cool part of it that I kind of forgot about. And it's, like, really pretty. And I was in uh, Mesquite, Nevada, which if you don't know where that is, it's about an hour and a half northeast of Las Vegas. And it's kind of in like a bowl of mountains. And it was really beautiful there. And it was like October in Southern Nevada, which is like, it was like 75 degrees, cloudless skies. Ooh, perfect. I got a tan. Uh, well, I got sunburn. I didn't really get Did you wear a polo shirt? What did you wear? I did. I, I was wearing a polo shirt. And uh, yeah, so I wore a polo shirt. I wore uh, like, you know, golf pants and stuff. Did you have little preppy shoes? No, I was wearing uh, some Brooks like running shoes, but I, I had my glove and everything and uh, did I wore a hat. I never wear hats. Oh, you have one, the one glove, the Michael Jackson you style? To, you have to wear a glove. Yeah. Because yeah. the way that you hold the club, like the way that you like swing it, uh, the leather, cheap your hand. Yeah, the leather will rub up against the side of your left hand like really hard uh, if you like if you swing it correctly. So you have to wear the glove. Ah, uh, so I've only ever caddied. Like I've spent a lot of time on golf courses, but only caddying. It's a fun game. I mean, like I don't. Yeah, I I, I have like mixed feelings about it because like obviously I think that um it is just like there's so, so many <laughs> and it's so much water and it's so much grass and so much land. But uh, I will say, yeah, I do have a lot of fun playing it. And it was just kind of nostalgic because I played it so much when I was a kid and like just kind of like being out on a fairway again. I was just like oh man i kind of like really like this uh, but it was really good to see my family and you know i don't see my dad super often i don't see my sister super often sarah my sister is pregnant uh she's about five months pregnant right now with a baby boy named jameson and i'm gonna fly down again to las vegas a couple months after she has uh jameson my nephew and uh, bring some books with me and bring some little shoes or something and uh, i'm very excited to meet him Sarah is she's she's my sister. I love her so much. Like when we were growing up and kind of like as much as we've ever spent time together, she's always been a little bit like like she gets nervous pretty easily um with certain situations and stuff. But man, what like when it's so cool to see her. Sometimes she like her personality like she when something's really stressful, she's like the coolest person in the room. Like, and it's so funny to see because like she gets nervous about like kind of just like stupid shit sometimes where it's just <laughs> like, oh, Sarah's getting nervous about this thing again. But but then like w like when I went down for her wedding a little bit ago, when I saw her before the actual ceremony, I was expecting her to be like bridezilla, like just like throwing stuff, like yelling at everybody. And she was everyone else was doing that. But she was so chill and like stoked. And it's kind of the same thing with, um you know, when she she had kind of called me. Before, uh, before she had gotten pregnant and she was like oh, i don't know like i'm getting a little older like i don't know what's like like, I, like doctors and the hospital right right like, yeah. it's all stressing me out and then like as soon as she got pregnant she's just like ah we're cool like everything's i'm just happy and it's just so cool to see like someone i love so much just be so content and her husband david is really awesome too and they both read oh no sarah doesn't read david reads a lot of science fiction we got to talk about that they seem like they're really healthy couple for each other yeah it's just really cool because like i don't know if, if you listening uh like if you i don't know i moved to portland um away from family i had family living far away even when i lived in bend and when i moved away from the family i had in bend i just like i don't get to see my family very often at all it's just so cool to be around people that just like they love you no matter what and you know totally. it's like i i felt like even if i got too drunk and said something stupid like they're not going to cancel me or like 
you know no, what I mean? Can't. Like they have yeah, to, they, they have to they forgive have, you. Yeah, and like, it's, it's they're cool. gonna see you at Thanksgiving. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They probably will. Um, but yeah, so that was awesome. Uh, I didn't get very much reading done because my, uh, you know, as much as as much as it sounds like I had like the time of my life down there. Also, my social battery was completely fried within like three hours of being there. So like, oh, there was a good portion of the time where I was. Uh, in my hotel room playing Stardew Valley on my Switch. Yeah, wildly extroverted naturally. No, no, I'm not. And um, and even though it is my family, there were a lot of people there that I didn't really know that were like kind of loosely connected to everything going on there. And like they wanted to talk to me. Some of them have like seen my content and stuff. And they were like, let's talk about that. And I was like, I don't really want to talk about that with you at all. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) so I was kind of like in my hotel room, like kind of like playing my switch and like zoning out and i just i felt like i couldn't really super focus on stuff but i did finish some stuff so uh i read the house switch by the author's name is delamac i'm not really sure if there is a first and last name associated there but the house switch was awesome uh for like two-thirds of it and then i feel like it kind of lost the plot a little bit but it was still very endearing i don't think it needed to be as long as it was but i was happy that it was as long as it was because it was exactly what i was looking for like so folks if you're looking for something that's like it's cozy and kind of meandering but like funny and it's got a nice little romance in it and it does feel like an immersive secondary world definitely check out the house witch because it's like it's about this magically inclined or able person who signs up for this job to be the cook for a royal household he doesn't want anybody to find out that like his abilities are he's he's called a house witch because there are all there's a bunch of different kinds of witches that can control fire or air or earth or whatever but he his powers are only located within the home which he's residing and it's only to make people comfortable those are his oh, so he's like a domestic powers. witch like it's so cool because like the 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 magical powers that he has are powers of coziness so it's like the ultimate cozy book you know but That's awesome but uh, like marshmallows but, for your hot chocolate <laughs> the thing is that he knows you want marshmallows that's like his oh, power yeah, okay so he makes okay. like the most delicious thing like refined to like your tastes you know and so um it's a good guy to have around it was really cool to read i mean I'm, I'm into the second one right now there's three of them and then i think there's some like offshoot books too and they're all on kindle unlimited uh, but yeah, I'm into it. It's it's a slow burn kind of read. The writing is pretty solid. Um, I don't think it got like heavily edited. There were definitely some sentences where I was like, I don't think that word's supposed to be there, you know. But it, that never really throws me off that much. Um, I'm just glad that it exists. Uh, the one is thing there that, a large romantic through line? It's there. It's okay. not. And I would I would say I would, it's it's so funny because it's like it is the plot you know but it's like sure it, the whole plot is so loose like there were parts where i was like why did they write that chapter <laughs> like nothing happened there but but i but it's the vibes you know it's like, a vibe book that was exactly what i was looking for so uh yeah i would i would i would encourage people to read it for sure also one thing that i wasn't really expecting from it was there was some pretty awesome character work there. Like there's some pretty awesome like ensemble cast character work there where it could have probably focused on this kind of like just you know this idea of this, this person whose magical powers are to make things cozy but there's like this like kind of war brewing and like there's like intelligence being traded and like this mm. there's some cool stuff happening for sure but it's like it's just enough that like it kind of like gives these characters a little more life off the page and it's not the whole plot but there I think is it, actual conflict it's just I, not in your face right and i think it might thicken a little bit but i don't know but i'm into the second one right now and um yeah, I mean, if you got Kindle Unlimited, like, 
it's a breeze of a book. Like definitely read it. I also finished uh, the undertaking of heart and mercy by um, Megan Bannon. And uh, man, what a great book. Seriously. Like it, that was like one of my favorite books of the year. Um, wow. And it got recommended to me by Zoran. And a lot of people that are listening probably follow Zoran on TikTok um, because I, uh, I messaged Zoran and uh, I was like, I'm looking, I need something cozy, but I want some romance in there too. Like that's, um, and then, so she told me to read that. And then when I made a post on Instagram a little bit ago, asking for more like cozy rom-com stuff, that book got mentioned quite a few more times too. So I read it, I loved it. It's awesome. Like it's, it's, um, it's a little dark, uh, deals with like death and like undertaking and, um, like, you know, funeral services and stuff like that. Um, I did think Mm. that like the, I think I mentioned this in my review video, but I think that the, the world building was just like a tad weird and like just felt like it's just i didn't i wasn't connecting with like what it was trying to explain to me you know like i felt like there were rules to this world that i just uh, it it took until you're supposed to be like oh and that makes this piece unable to move sideways so the bishop is trapped yeah but you didn't really see the board (laughs) yeah because like there was a part there was like a part uh there was like a climax that happened and i was there's nothing worse than being confused going into a climax you know what yeah, I mean? well, I can only think of something that's similar, which is dancing during the drop and it's fake on a dubstep song. Sure. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. But like, <laughs> totally. Um, but yeah, I mean, if there's, it, it's like when you're, when you're kind of like unsure of what's going on and you can feel like uh, events kind of escalating to a certain uh, zenith, if you will, uh, it's, I, I don't like that feeling because I'm like, ah, if something really cool happens, I'm not going to know why it matters, you know, mm. but I did. It was enough that I did figure it out like while it was happening. Um, but yeah, I think there's a sequel coming out pretty soon. And I'm definitely going to scoop it up like immediately because it's Orbit Books, Orbit Rocks. And, uh, and that'll be the third one in the series, the sequel? Second one. Yeah. The second one. Oh, got it. I, okay. I don't even know if it's like directly related. I'd be, I'd be stoked if it was the same characters, but I'd also be stoked if it was like a different thing in the same world. So uh, also, I finished Iron Gold. Um, yeah, Chad and I are going to be doing an episode on Iron Gold. Uh, eh, it's all right. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, uh, Brown is a good writer for sure. Um, I don't think the writing was bad at any point. Or like, I mean, it's not going to be with Brown for no. sure. I do think that like, man, I was really bored for like a lot of it. Right. I feel like we're stuck in the past. It was, yeah, I don't know. There was, there was just like, I think one of the things that Brown does that I, I'm not super appreciative, but I know why he does it. But like, so one of the things that like annoys me, and I think we covered it in one of the episodes is it's just like, he just kind of like talks about shit that's happening. And then a bunch more shit happens. And then he explains why the stuff before the, the shit went down was happening. But, and it's, just, it's it makes confusing for, format. It, it makes for like kind of an annoying chapter sometimes. Cause it's just like, Oh, you started, did I miss something? And you're like flipping back and it's like, Oh no, I guess we're just, something crazy is happening right now and then something way crazier happens and then it's like ha well the reason that that happened is because of all this crazy shit that happened before that you didn't know was going on it's just like it's a little exhausting (sighs) sometimes um but i mean that being said the stuff that's happening is really cool and really interesting but then with iron gold specifically i don't know i just felt like there were there were so many like side characters to side characters it felt like a lot of um yeah. like fractured paths from the main story that had kind of it was almost like fractaled you know what i mean like it was like like way over right. here now like right and like thrice removed it's hard yeah, to see the and relevance. i'm sure it'll be relevant again i've heard dark age is really good 
Uh, and I'm excited to wrap up with Lightbringer and just kind of like move on to something else because Chad and I have been kind of mired in Red Rising and Faithful in the Fallen for the last couple months just because of everything we've had going on. And I really want to read Skullamance. Like, Me too. But let's not let it, that retract from the first three Red Rising books being amazingly fun and awesome and yeah, but so I'm, good. Dude, honestly, just man, like, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just kind of... rock just kind of burnt out with like these these doom and gloom fantasy and sci-fi series right now like i i want sure sure but if, if you, you weren't, weren't those books good. rock yeah i'm just i'm a little <laughs> over it right now like i kind of i want to i want to read some um some more kind of uh i'm just in i'm just in kind of like a cool cozy mode right now which is why you no know, i don't understand that it's not like anything's on <laughs> yeah, fire in the world around us or anything <laughs> yeah like uh yeah i mean i i definitely am in that mode right now so i mean i think after like we are going to finish that stuff obviously but the, when i'm finished uh, i don't know if i'm going to keep reading house switch stuff i think it might be back burner stuff um but i did just start rereading salem's lot uh by stephen king um because i uh, no is so, that so like let me let me let okay. me i know <laughs> I like, let, me, let me explain myself here so uh so the leaves <laughs> okay. started changing it started getting gloomier outside i did want the coziness but i also like there is like this small sliver of me that was like, I need to read some Stephen King. Like I don't, I owe it to books. I owe it to reading and fall. I owe it to this, this hallowed part of the year to read some Stephen King. And, and so I, I told myself, okay, Evan, you can read some Stephen King, read something that you've already read uh, so that you can kind of breeze through. And like, I I've read Salem's Lot. It's spooky, but it's not like this terrifying read. Nothing's really, it, it is, you know, it's creepy. It's, it's not a it's not a super cozy book but there is something cozy it's not like ruining your yeah, day i mean it's king you know i, I can handle some king right, yeah i mean it's not like it's not like underground like splatterpunk horror you know what i mean so <laughs> which is what i've i have gotten into a little bit of that and it's like it's not like anya alborn where like you know you get to know these characters and she's just like you know sending them all off into oblivion because like fuck you, you know <laughs> this is her style which i love but yeah so some king like it's classic king one thing that i did notice which was really cool um and just interesting in general is so i'm reading salem's lot and a lot of the stuff that you watch on tv or that you read it or, or whatever i'm trying to think of like a good way to put this like articulately because it's it seems profound in my head but it's probably not really that profound but like it's just when I was reading it, I was like 50 pages into it. And I was like, man, this is so this is so cool. Like this was written in 1976, like almost 50 years ago. And it's not a period piece. Like this isn't somebody today writing about like 1970, like everything that's written about it. It's not seen through any lenses. This is, oh, wow. this is the lens of the times. Right, exactly. Interesting. And, yeah. And so like, I thought it was really cool. I'd never really thought about it like that because King wasn't like, huh, I'll make it so nobody has cell phones. It's just like, no, nobody had even thought about that yet. Right. He's not trying to portray the seventies. No, it is the 70s. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good way of putting it. So um, it's really awesome. You know, um, I, everybody is smoking cigarettes in Salem's lot, which is, it makes sense because not good for you. Just quitting, man. Like, yeah, like it's just like, oh, they sparked up a Chesterfield. Like, oh, they sparked up a camel. Like, everybody's just like chain smoking in this book. And it's funny because the main character is an author who just recently quit smoking. And oh, wow. so, so I'm like on his team. Like, come on, man. Come on, Ben. You don't have to. You don't have to do it, man. Don't do is it. Is that why you chose the book? No, it was a total coincidence. <laughs> Seems yeah. very like comparisony. I you forgot know, like, about oh, that. I can relate to that. 
No, I totally forgot about that part of the story. Since this is your reread and you've had uh, presumably an entire read of The Dark Tower between your first Salem's Lot and this Salem's Lot. And I know that I haven't read Salem's Lot, but I know from our reading The Dark Tower that yeah. there was a character that is heavily involved in Salem's Donald Lot Cal- that's in The yeah. Dark Tower. Donald Who is Callahan. It? Callahan. Ca- Callahan, that's right. Yeah. Do you notice more crossover or things that you didn't before? Um, so I haven't gotten to him yet. I'm like 150 pages into it and it's a pretty long book. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think... Uh, I haven't seen anything where I'm like, hey, you know what I mean? But I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure it is because it's such a big deal. Uh, at least Donald Callahan is. Right. He's like a main character. I don't think there's anything, as far as I can remember, like, I don't think anything like comes through the, 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 the prim or anything like that or the toad ash space or anything. I don't think there's anything like that really. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I'll, I'll report back. I should finish it pretty quickly. Oh, just like, hearing the Todash face, man. Mm-hmm. It gives me like nostalgic chimes went off in my head. <laughs> oh yeah. Also, uh, I was reading Yumi and the Nightmare Painter, but I got kind of bored and I just kind of stopped reading it. Hmm. It's, it's the new Brandon Sanderson book. Oh, that's right. Weren't you singing its praises for the first couple it's chapters? It's pretty cool. But like, yeah, I got like 10 chapters in and I was just like, eh, I don't really care that much about this, but I am going to wow, finish it. Okay. It's not that it's not a very long book. I don't like not like it or anything, but I brought it with me down to Nevada. Yeah, I opened it like twice and I was just like, meh, I don't really feel like reading this. And then I would go read The House Witch and it was like twice as boring, but like in a way better way. So do you think that's an indication of like your current mental state, what you want to read? Or is it do you think think, like, no, okay, okay. I don't know. I think that's I don't know what it was. Man, Sanderson, he's just not like my favorite. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I I like Sanderson a lot, but uh, I feel like he definitely like dumps a lot. You know, oh, yeah. um, and I think a lot of people really enjoy that because what he's dumping is really cool. Uh, but then there's, and there's just allows some, for a more streamlined other parts of his story. But it is very dumpy. I feel like sometimes I, I just have a hard time kind of like keeping everything he's pouring into like the bucket, you know, what right? Because without like a character action or meaning, it's hard to remember the why, you know? Yeah. And like he's just like he's he's all set with all of his terms for every. That's why I like uh, Tress of the Emerald Sea so much is because it was like. It just felt a little bit more, um, and I'm not done with Yumi yet, obviously. I, I might end up liking Yumi and the Nightmare Painter more. It's a cool name. Uh, Tress just, you, you still haven't read Tress of the Emerald Sea. Right? I have not, no. I think apart from Stormlight Archive, which is Sanderson's best work, in my opinion, I think Tress is like his best book. Uh, I, really? I, like, I like Tress more than Mistborn. Uh, I like Tress That's part of his new Warbreaker. ones, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like okay. Tress more than Warbreaker. I like a lot more than Warbreaker. It's pretty neck and neck with Mistborn. Mistborn's really good. But yeah, I liked it more than Elantris. Uh, I liked it more than um, that novella. Uh, I can't remember the name of the, no- the, the, the oh, novella. I love that novella. That it was, was really, really good. good Tress, yeah, but Tress has like this very kind of like, and Yumi's got it too, to a certain extent, but like Tress has a very kind of like laid back vibe to it. Like it's got a very kind of like playful, not as serious and it doesn't feel like he's trying to impart as much onto you with Tress. He's just telling you a story about this person, which I got really it. Like okay. seeing that side of him. Whereas the Emperor's Soul is what you were thinking of. Yeah, Emperor's Soul, which is also really cool. But yeah, I'll so keep good. reading Yumi. I just haven't I don't know. Something about it is just like not making me want to like super pick it back up all the time. But maybe I just haven't gotten to that kind of like signature Sanderson clincher where he kind of like ties a few things together and really kicks the plot off. I mean it's possible that it's just not a very good book too. Maybe. Yeah, but I don't know. Sanderson, <laughs> Sanderson is pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it. Uh, I'm reading Wrath, but like I'm only like a few chapters in, so I really got to catch up to you. I'm not really playing any video games or anything right now. Mostly just been uh, writing. I'm kind of gearing up for NaNoWriMo, too, because that's in November. Cool. Tell everyone about the interview we did yesterday. 
Oh yeah, we interviewed Jason Pargin again, the author yeah. of, uh, of uh, John Dies at the End of the Zoe Ash series and stuff. He's got a new book coming out in the Zoe Ash series. And man, like talking to Jason Pargin, I don't know if any of you follow him on on Instagram or Twitter or uh, TikTok or anything, but that guy's brain is so fun to talk to. Like seriously, he's like he was like the easiest interview. I, we, yeah, and we've had some really easy interviews, but like he is like you just say like three things and he goes off like a rocket, and it's just the man's been at the center like, of every internet meme for the last thirty years. He's like so. a walking meme. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> so I'm really excited to edit that up, and it shouldn't be too hard to edit, but that'll be out on Tuesday, everybody. Um, and yeah, I'm, it was a fun interview because. Uh, I think the first time maybe Chad and I were a little bit uh, starstruck because I think at the time he had been like the most famous author we had had on the podcast. Totally. And I think we just kind of like had him, we just let him talk for like two right, hours. Right. Uh, but this time we had like a more kind of like engaged. We had goals. With yeah, we wanted to talk to him about stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and we know him too. So just by nature yeah, of us like we've like having greased those cogs a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's a fun. really nice guy. Yeah. He's going to be a regular for sure. And him and I talked for a little bit after uh, Chad had to go for an uh, for like a concert he was going to, but me and Jason had talked uh, off of uh, offline or off the, off the air for a little bit. And um, did he, he give you some me, good book knowledge? Yeah, he gave me some encouragement and stuff about because um, I'm on submission right now, still just kind of like waiting. And I think everything got held up with like New York Comic Con and like the Frankfurt stuff, the Frankfurt equivalent of like the book fairs that a bunch of editors were at. And um, Seth, my agent, gave me an update that we're still waiting on hearing from some people, but. You know, it's funny, like I was, uh, I'm going to talk about this for just a second and then we can move on to the fictional fun fact, but I went on a run the other day and I was just kind of like thinking and like clearing my head and I was like thinking about being on submission and like what this feeling feels like and like this feeling of like anticipation and thinking of like, man, like what if, what if like nobody wants this because they just, it's bad and they don't like my presence on the internet and stuff and like i just wrote like this weird disjointed thing that doesn't make any sense and just kind of like talking to myself like that and then i was like dude evan whatever happens this will be a book that you put out it'll, it'll put a cool cover on it and you'll put a dedication in there and it'll have some warts on it maybe and maybe it won't get a professional editor uh but even if even if all of that happens i will still self-publish it and i can't wait for all of you to read it and then i'm working on other stuff right now that I'm really excited about too. And I, it was just like a cool feeling. Cause I was just like, you know what, like whatever happens, I'm going to publish it and I'm going to publish more stuff and I'm just going to keep publishing stuff. So it was a very like empowering moment. Totally. Yeah. You know, we use the phrase like debut author a bunch. And I think it's important to keep in mind, like this is your debut book. So like, yes, you can get it really good. And I think it is good, but like, you're going to be a better writer at some point in your life. And so like, if yeah, you just keep, that's what, that's what I'm excited for. Yeah. Like if you have any amount of growth, which I'm sure that you do, then like 10 years from now, you're yeah. going to be, you're going to be pumping out some amazing books, which will be really cool. Yeah. And I'd love to put like one out every year. I mean, like Will, Will Wicked, Will White, person that did the Cradle series, like he's independent, but I don't know. I, I mean, I would really like to be traditionally published and we don't know anything yet. No news is good news, you know? Um, right. Did the people but, who receive the book have to read it entirely? I don't I'm sure they know. probably want to. Um, I, I, I think it depends. Like, I think it depends on like if they like it, you know? So if they sure. like it a lot, I have a feeling maybe this is what I think. Like maybe they don't, but they do, they get it. They're like, okay, this is obviously we can, yeah, let's do this. And then, uh, let's, let's get them on here and then we'll give it to an editor. And then the editor is like, okay, now I got to read this entire thing. Sure. Right. Uh, right. That's what I imagine it is. I, I am. I don't, I don't know if like 10 people are reading the entire right, thing. Like right a now. trusted intern. Um, but I have gotten some really awesome feedback from people. Um, Mud Dud, uh, as they go by on discord, sent me a really awesome 
message with some cool critique but it was like mostly praise <laughs> which was awesome like i, I needed so nice it, to hear but just like praise on some stuff that i had been a little bit insecure about and it was just like right down the pipe like nope you don't have to worry about this this is awesome if you're ever wondering like this is too much praise am i not being critical enough <laughs> no. and is this not helpful in any way it's like let me tell you the person is probably beating themselves up so much that this is going to be a welcome even if it lacks what you might think oh, to be helpful I want, critique i want the praise give me the praise please I <laughs> yes. the stuff that i'm working on right now i'm really excited about and uh, i think for NaNoWriMo i might start i mean you're supposed to start completely from scratch uh so i'm gonna start completely from scratch but i am gonna be working on two books simultaneously in november because uh, i want to wow. keep going on this one that i am working on it's a little shorter i'm gonna go for like 50 or 60 thousand words maybe even a little bit less i was thinking about trying to make it into like a novella series that's what i'm working on right now Dude, we need more it's, of those yeah i want that and um but then for the NaNoWriMo stuff i think i'm just gonna kind of like go for it with like a relief i I'm cheating just a tiny bit. I wrote the first chapter like two months ago, but I haven't written anything else. But for NaNoWriMo, I'm going to work on this project. And uh, for everybody, anybody that's curious, it's about a... It's uh, showed Chad the first chapter, but it's about a person who is who has trained his whole life as an assassin. And then on his first assassin job, completely botches it. It's, it's, it just goes horribly, horribly wrong. And he also... is likes to cook a lot he's obsessed with food and uh he walks past a pizza shop and he tries the pizza and then he gets a dishwashing job at the pizza shop because he wants to be around the pizza but, is it pizza specifically yes uh and awesome. it's fantasy it's very high fantasy but uh the whole time the the uh he is trying to keep up appearances with his cabal of assassins who he's grown up with his whole life and he doesn't want them to think he's lame for working in a pizza place he wants them to think that he's an assassin so he has to try to keep up appearances and like make it look like he's assassinating people by he's like a basically killer he like goes i want him to like go in and just like convince them to leave quietly like the city and like fake their own death and he like helps them fake their own death and stuff and have you watched the tv show barry no is that what this is no Damn but it. it is about it is about a cold-hearted killer trained assassin who gets into a drama club and then ends up like oh, really that's, enjoying that's like, the drama away. and that's having to kind of do the same thing where he has to convince like the assassin people that he's still, like super into killing cool. but he's like yeah. actually wants to be an actor yeah i'm fine with, I'll, I'll rip that off a little bit i'm fine with you it. should watch it it's really funny uh but yeah i'm, I'm very excited about it because um I don't know. I just want to do something fun. I didn't really realize until after I'd finished or not finished, but at least gotten a lot of drafts of Angie figured out that it, it is it's a little dark. Like it's, it's kind of a dark book and it's not a light book. Yeah. I didn't mean to make it as dark as it is, uh, but it ended up as, you know, the characters go where they will, you know, um, and the story goes where it will a lot, a lot of the time. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it didn't it didn't occur to me until I started writing. Cause the other thing that I'm working on right now is also a little bit more upbeat and a little more lighthearted. And it didn't occur to me until I started writing that one. I was just like, well, man, I this is this is cool. Like, I, <laughs> this isn't bumming me out. Uh, but anyway. Right, Cause your book is not cozy. It's many things, but it's not cozy. Rest assured everybody, I'm working on cozy right now. So hell yeah. But that's everything that's going on with me. Let's head over to the fictional fun fact. Let's do it. Hit me with that fun fact. All right. V.E. Schwab, author of the Shades of Magic series and The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, among other works, graduated from Washington University in St. Louis. Uh, she had originally planned to study astrophysics, but changed directions after taking art and literature courses. And she sold her debut novel, The Near Witch, to Disney before graduating college. Wow. Yeah, pretty awesome. I wonder what her parents thought of that switch. 
<laughs> I mean, you know? It, you know, like I'm sure they were, maybe they were a little skeptical until selling a book to d- 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 Disney. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's like, how's that for legit? <laughs> oh my god, that's so. We should wild. ask her how maybe, it goes when she. Uh, we'll we'll have you on some we, we know you're. Listening oh my god, I would love to talk to V. E. Schwab. Absolutely, yeah. Did you? I have the uh, Shades of Magic box set. Some oh, one really? of our lovely listeners sent yeah, it to those me. Are yeah, really good books. Really, really, really good. Uh, I have uh, the new one, um, Fragile Threads of Power. I just got that in the mail from uh, V. E. Schwab's publisher, and I really want to read that soon. The pages. Are, from the same series yeah i think it's about lila bard um which you don't know who that is but i think the, no. uh, you will you will when you read the series i think um shades of magic is really awesome i think uh that's like one of those series where i was like this probably could have been a duology but it's a trilogy okay i like, think i remember you telling me about that yeah but i don't know maybe i need to reread it but it's funny because one of my mutuals on instagram uh emma skies I, I think is what she goes by she did a reread and i remember kind of I think she posted. I, I could be Emma. If you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I, it might not have been you, but I think she posted something along the lines of like, "I'm in book two, and it's a little longer than I remember," or something like that. And I had like this satisfied chuckle, and I was like, "Hey, it totally is." Like I got that on my first. <laughs> I'm such a dick. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I've read. Let's see, what else did I read? I read another book by V. E. Schwab. Which and can we just talk about the elephant in the room for a second? About how she looks basically like the carbon copy of Velma from Scooby Doo. Yeah, with like a red hair, a, a like a very red, red-haired Velma. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't Velma have red hair, like red uh, bobbed hair. I don't think it's well. Like I mean, V. Schwab usually. Ha- I think her hair is like like the actual like fire truck red. Oh, oh it's like, like fire uh, red. Yeah. yeah. But I think so is Velma's. It's like very red, a ruddy. Uh, isn't it like brown? It's a ruddy red. Ah, uh, I'm looking it up. Let's I'm see. looking at a picture of it right now. It's not oh, red, yeah, but it's it is, pretty red. No, you're right. It's, it's ruddy. There's, there's some incarnations where it's no, like, so, okay. So like the live action Thelma in the Scooby-Doo movie has brown hair. And oh, okay. Brown. It's like right. Because the brown. other girl um, in the Scooby-Doo squadron definitely has red hair. I know. Yeah. The Linda, the Linda Cardellini Velma has brown hair, but then in the Scooby-Doo cartoon, it's very reddish for sure, but it's also leaning a little brown, but then the animated show, none of this matters. Let's see. Okay. Cause, cause like, <laughs> Daphne, that's the Daph- other. Uh, Daphne has movie. really red hair. Very red, yes. In all incarnations, I'm pretty sure. So Velma, I think, is a little up in the air. Yeah, I think they just didn't want another brown because we've got Shaggy and Scooby that are both brown, you know? Shaggy. <laughs> His name is Shaggy. <laughs> I know. That's so wild. Have you seen the live action Scooby Doo movie? I have not. Is it good? It's pretty solid. Like, it's really? I mean, well, I mean, I liked it when I was like 13. Like, I don't know if you'll. Oh, it's not recent. I think there's like a couple. There's like a bunch. They're, they're always doing Scooby Doo stuff. I, I watched like, a ton of like the go watch go watch the Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, Linda Cardellini. Okay, Scooby Doo, but they go to like an island. That's a banger movie. Okay, it's really really good. I was really tempted, and I might still do this, but I was really tempted to watch um, the original Dungeons and Dragons movie. Uh, I think have you have you Is seen it original? It? Have you not seen it? No, like the one that just came out with no. Oh, oh no. the old no. old one. No, okay. I have not. So, uh, listeners, also, I want to gather you all in here real quick, just in case you you don't know what this is. And people that have seen this movie, uh, let's walk you down memory lane here, because I think it came oh, out in the boy. year two thousand. You are correct. Uh, Jeremy Irons, I believe, is in it, and it is not good. <laughs> but it. <laughs> but I think you should watch it, Chad. I think you should okay. watch it. Um, I think everybody should watch it, just so. He's, so so we can keep it in the public sphere of discussion 
don't let this it movie deserves die. to be held in the public sphere huh it's pretty bad it's i mean like i liked it when i was a kid because um is it better or worse than mortal kombat live action oh way worse live oh, action wow. mortal kombat is great i mean i mean it gave, us, it gave us the mortal kombat song so that's true dude i hit that so hard in my brain <laughs> oh man uh vaughn actually called me like months ago uh, vaughn gives me like late night phone calls if you don't if you're listening you don't know who that is vaughn is my twin brother him and i are on a very like answer the phone whenever someone calls kind of basis because like i said we don't have family that lives we're the only family we have here in the city without fail vaughn calls during every podcast episode vaughn calls, we ever do. uh yeah very frequently and i call vaughn a lot too and um yeah vaughn called me and he was like love you vaughn he's like i just watched both mortal kombat and mortal kombat annihilation uh wow. which is this this is the sequel that uh, i don't know if anybody knows about didn't they just make a new one too i, I think they might have actually man i can't keep up Oh, oh my Neither. God. Oh my God. Before we close all this out, holy shit. I forgot to mention uh, for everybody that's still listening. I don't know if you're, if you're stuck with us for this Dude, long. We but... have 100% retention at this rate. Oh, this absolutely. is good stuff. Keep it rolling, baby. <laughs> um, I forgot to mention, I started watching One Piece. I should have mentioned oh, nice. that like a while ago. Not the, not the live action. I started watching the anime. Uh, oh, okay. It's, it's great. I've only it's... watched the live action. Okay. It's Out of like awesome. half of it. I really like the anime. I really like it a lot. I'm only like I'm like uh, like twelve episodes in or something Where like that. Where are you this, watching it? On Hulu. Hulu, okay. And I am watching the uh the dubbed version if anybody's curious. I know. Ooh. I know. But <laughs> I just like it. Okay. I just like I just Being like, able to, like eat a bowl of cereal and get what's going on. I don't know. I just like it. I can't like I except um I did watch the when I watched Attack on Titan the first time i watched it i watched sub subs you just have to have your eyeballs on it you know it's so hard you can't do another thing at the same time you have to be really seriously watching it well but like man one piece uh for anybody listening that hasn't watched it basically uh one piece is about a uh, a world where there was a kind of like king pirate and the king of the pirates and I'm, i might be getting my terminology messed up sorry i'm just getting into this show but the he, he like died and left behind this treasure called the one piece and it's just like untold riches and everybody's going after it's kind of like the plot of um ready player one or i should yeah, say it very much is that i should, yeah. I should say the red the, the plot of ready player one is like that of one piece and now that i'm now that i'm like was the anime first yeah because one piece was definitely made first um, got it but uh it is really cool because like the the world building is very solid um the main character luffy is is a has aspirations of becoming king of the pirates but his his confidence is unshakable and unshakable. He, and he does not have a crew together but he's trying to get a crew together but uh, it is really funny how he's just kind of like no i'm doing this i'm absolutely like i don't really care what happens uh this is this is gonna happen um, but I, I love the oh man the music is really good the animation is very old at least the episodes that I'm watching I right love now. old anime yeah it is it is it's very choppy like there's okay. like a, how do I I don't know if you're if you're an anime fan I think I read somewhere that anime the reason it looks the way it does is because uh, they were trying to save money on you know pages or papers what are they called artists time no what are they called like um slides something like Slides that or yeah it's like um <sighs> i can't remember the name of it but like they were trying to say like so with with animated with animation um a certain amount of frames makes up uh fluid movement so like a disney totally. 
uh, Disney animation has a lot of like separate pictures that make up the whole and it makes it look smooth. It's an optical illusion, but with, I mean, same with, with any sort of filming, right. With, with, with anime, um, what it would, what they, they use like way fewer frames, which gives anime that kind of like more choppy look, um, which is now like what it looks like. And it would look almost weird if it didn't look like that, but they initially did it after world war two to save money on all that stuff. Uh, and it, it worked. Um, but yeah, that's why it looks the way that it does. And with this, uh, with one piece, there are definitely like whole, like 15, 20 second shots where like nothing is moving and people are like talking oh. over it. And it's just like, Oh wow. They saved quite a few bucks in that. Really saving some money on that yeah. scene. Um, but yeah, I like it quite a bit and I'm definitely going to keep watching it. I know it's going to take a long time because I think it has like 1100 episodes or something like Whoa. that. You didn't know that? Yeah. No, this is like General Hospital. That's crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of episodes, uh, and it's still going too. So my exposure to One Piece is I st- I watched the new Netflix. They made a live action show on Netflix this last year. I think it's very very recent. Yeah, and I've heard it's great. I've watched, I- I've watched like half of it, and I am really on the fence. Like every oh, episode, really? at some yeah. point, I think I hate this, and at some <laughs> point, I think this is really great and super clever. Yeah, and I really am on the fence. Like I I kind of hate it, and I kind of love it. I would recommend checking out the anime. I think I would like, like it a lot more. Like the anime is like, it's so charming, man. Like I haven't it watched an anime, an anime this charming for so like because I'm 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 not great with anime. Like I, I've watched oh, a decent amount of it, but I I tend to like not really finish stuff. Um, like I like One Punch Man a lot, fair. but I haven't finished it. I like Attack on Titan a lot. I haven't finished it. I watched all of uh, Full Metal Alchemist, but I guess it wasn't the right one. You're supposed to watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and I watched Brotherhood like, is the more uh, condensed version though. That's what I watched. I don't know. Yeah, I, but I really I could be liked, wrong. I don't I, know what I'm talking I really, about. I really, really liked Full Metal Alchemist a lot. Same. Uh, but then, yeah, like with Death Note, didn't finish it. You know, um, My Hero Academia. Did you watch that? No, I didn't. I didn't watch it. Uh, I, I watched like the first like 20 episodes of Sword Art online, and then stopped watching it. I really like Sword Art too. Dude, for some reason, I just it just like loses me. And so I think like some of it just gets like really wacky. You know? Yeah. And well, if you don't like an anime, get out of there because like there's so oh, much of it in the future. The you know. Oh, I, I was watching Hunter Hunter, stopped watching it. Oh, loved Hunter Hunter. I stopped watching that one too. I did not finish. But like not bad animes at all, you know. But then it's funny because I'm su- I'm such a reader, you know. I mean, like I've got Berserk here. I spent six hundred dollars on it and read thirteen like giant <laughs> like four hundred page books of manga. <laughs> and I just, you know, I went all the way with that. I read all of Vinland saga, you know, uh, and that's thirteen volumes or you've you've committed to your media. It's fine if you don't finish an anime from time to time. I don't know. I just can't get into a groove with TV, you know, like I, I, it's like, what am I supposed, am I supposed to watch it while I'm eating? Do I watch it? while do, do I just sit and watch it? Like, just, just, just keep not having it. a groove. I think that's better. Cause I think the yeah. groove is like a slippery slope to like never being able to fall asleep unless you have the TV running in the background. So like, I think you just keep on reading there, big guy. You'll be fine. Oh my God. So this is going to be the last thing I say, and then we're going to go ahead and sign off everybody. But, um, so, uh, Effie had the day off of work and, uh, I was out of the house doing some stuff and, um, she was really excited to like, just kind of have the day off and like kind of just watch TV and do her thing. And, um, I was finished with what I was doing before I said I was going to be. So I came home early and, uh, I like walked in and she grabbed the, she like yelped and then grabbed the remote and turned the TV off. And I was like, 
what you doing, Effie? Like, what's going on in here? Like, why did you do that? I had <laughs> like, a follow-up question. She, she, was, she was like, I didn't know you were going to be home early. And I was like, what is going on right now? And apparently she was watching Vampire Diaries and, like, didn't want me to know that she was... She was just embarrassed. <laughs> if she hears like this, she's going to me. She's going to be so mad at me. Uh, she didn't want you to know. Now you're telling, like, all of our thousands upon thousands of us. <laughs> ah, that's the problem with being in a relationship with a podcaster. <laughs> But yeah, that's going to wrap it up for us today, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Monday morning episode. So glad to be back after a weekend being gone and chat again. Thank you so much for doing the episode last week. You did a banger episode. And uh, full you. steam ahead for Book Reviews Co. We've got an interview coming out this week. We've got our Iron Gold episode coming out this week. Hopefully yeah. the third book in the Faithful and the Fallen episode coming out this week. Patreon, look out for uh, some Patreon goodies for you. We've got the winner of the Patreon uh, book giveaway coming at, uh, toward the end of this month. And uh, yeah, we've got a discord we got instagrams all that kind of stuff everybody again uh hope you all have an awesome rest of your day and of course happy reading bye everybody